everyone. Welcome to New Point Community Church. Thanks for joining our podcast today. We pray that this series and this message inspires you to grow your faith and builds your relationship with Jesus. Enjoy today's message. Well, good morning. How you doing? I trust that you're doing well. We're in this series called King Jesus and One of the things that I'm asking all of us to do who call New Point their home, our mission is to inspire people to follow Jesus because we believe that Jesus makes life better and he makes us better at life. And we need help with life. Would you agree with us? Absolutely. And so one of the things that we're offering is Quest 52. It's a a 15-minute-a-day, year-long pursuit of Jesus. And you can pick this up at all of our campuses out there in the lobby. Uh, A suggested donation is $10, but we don't want anybody to to not get one because of finances. And so we just encourage you to do that. And January 1, you can begin on this journey. We've done this as a staff this past year. And we've gathered every week and we've talked about what we're learning about Jesus because here's the thing, the better you know someone, okay, when they have character and competency, the more you trust them. And the truth of the matter is many of you have a trust issue with Jesus because you don't know him very well. You don't know him very well. And the only way that you're gonna trust him so that he can make a way is that you get to know him. And when you get to know him, you know what? You'll trust him with all the details of your life. And it'll bring peace and joy and contentment to you. Otherwise, you'll know about him and struggle with worry, anxiety, fear, doubt, because you don't know him. You don't know him. So I encourage you to get that and, and nurture that relationship because it's not about a religion. It's about a relationship. Religion will kill you. Religion is coming to church thinking that it pleases God. That's religion. What pleases God is for you and I to trust him and to develop a relationship with him. Now, it's good that you're here. I'm glad you're here. Hopefully, you're going to learn something, okay? But the fact of the matter is what he wants is your trust, and that's why we gather, so that we can learn more about him and so that we can trust him in in deeper ways, so that we can have peace and be a part of his kingdom in this world that is forever, ever, ever uncertain. So we're in this series called King Jesus, and I'm asking you to take a fresh look at the Christmas story, a first look at the Christmas story. And most of us would say, well, you know what? I I know the Christmas story. Even if you're not a Christ follower, you might say, hey, Dwight, I'm familiar. I know Mary. I know Joseph. I know the baby Jesus. I know all of that. I've heard that forever and ever. But I want you to take a fresh look at it. I want you to take as though it's your first look because every every story has compelling characters. Every story has compelling characters. And what happens is you need to understand, I need to understand, okay, the characters of the Christmas story because it's so important for you and I to understand each of them so that we can grasp the message of the Christmas story. Because what happens is if you miss one of the characters, guess what? You'll miss out on part of the story, and you don't want to do that. You want to be able to identify with the characters. You want that. 
And so you've got to take a fresh look as though it was your first look at the Christmas story. And so in the Christmas story, of course, we focus on King Jesus, but he's not the only one. Now he's the focus, rightfully so, okay? But he's not the only one. There's multiple characters in the Christmas story. My boys, or our boys, I should say, they love Marvel movies, Marvel movies, all right? And I go there and I usually fall asleep, okay? Confession, all right? Because what happens is all I am familiar with is the main character. They know all the side stories. They say, uh-oh, there's going to be a spinoff. I can tell. And they're going to do it with this character. They're going to do it with that character. Because you know what? They identified not just with the main character, not just with Spider-Man, but all of his nemesis, okay? All of his enemies. And they understand all of that. And so they're really into it. And if you ask them, they're hard critics. You ask them, how was the story? Oh, you know, what the plot was bad. And I'm thinking, I didn't think it was that bad, but I don't know the plot because I don't know the characters. I just know the main character. And so it is within the Christmas story. We know about Jesus, but there's other characters that you and I need to become familiar with because what we will learn is this. Jesus is the reason for the season, but he uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And the Christmas story tells you and I that, that God can use broken people just like you and me who have messed up, who might be young, who might be old, okay, who, who, who might not understand everything, but if we will trust him, he will use us. And there's not a greater thrill in the world than to know that you are being used of God. And so let's look at the Christmas story and you'll realize that he uses all kinds of different people. You know, last week we learned that, that the Christmas story was about um, the power of God. And, and so God uses people who have power. He uses people who have shady backgrounds. He uses people who are less in society. He uses people who are male and female. But the key is, is that you and I respond with a heart of trust, that we respond with a heart of faith. Now, why do we need to take a closer look at the Christmas story? Because they're a whole lot like you and me. And, and, and they had to process the fact of who Jesus is because they heard about Jesus and now he has promised to come. And so they had to process, is this really the Messiah? Is this really the King of Kings? What do I do with him? And you and I are called to do the same thing. We're called to process this question, who is Jesus and what does he want from me and how do I respond to him and how do I build a relationship with him? Because you see, what happens is you have to ask yourself who Jesus is. Do you see him as a friend? Do you see him as a rabbi? Do you see him as a good teacher? Or do you see him as a king? And they're processing all of this. And you and I are processing all of it. And so we can take some cues from them to be able to learn how to do this, okay? Now, the first character that we want to look at this morning is Mary. And she had to deal with inadequacy. Think of this. Think about Mary. She's a young peasant girl, okay? Probably 15 to 16 years of age, okay? She's engaged. No doubt she's excited. You ever met a young girl who's engaged? They're excited, okay? They're gonna become a bride. They're thrilled, okay? And an angel shows up to let her know that she's going to be pregnant. And Mary's thinking, how can this be? 
We haven't slept together. We've stayed pure. I've never been with anyone. And the angel continues to let her know, no, you're going to become pregnant. You're going to carry the son of God. He's going to come to earth as a baby and you're going to be the vessel. Listen, you're going to be the vessel. You're going to be the channel. You're going to be the person and you're going to give birth to the son of God. She had to be overwhelmed. What does this mean? How am I supposed to respond to this? Are you kidding me? I'm going to become pregnant? Why me? Why now? How, how am I going to explain this to dad? How am I going to explain this to my girlfriends? How am I going to explain it to the neighborhood? Wouldn't you have a hard time processing that? I would. Wouldn't you feel a little bit inadequate? Say, <laughs> hey, I think you dialed the wrong number, God. I'd feel inadequate. But let's look at what Luke has to say. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. That would describe me. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for God has decided to bless you and use you. Can I just say, listen, God wants that to be true of you. You want to know why you're blessed? So many people say, why am I blessed? Because he wants to use you. He wants you to become a vessel. He wants you to become a channel. He, he wants you to become an instrument, okay? You're not just blessed to increase your lifestyle. Nothing wrong with that. You're blessed to be a blessing because God wants to use you. He goes on to say this. He says, you will have a son and you are to name him Jesus and he will be the son of God and his kingdom will never end. Think of that. Then Mary asked, how's this gonna happen? Okay, how, how's this going to happen? You see, many times we get caught up and we know what God wants to do, but we trip over how God's going to do it. And if we can't think it in our mind, we say, well, that's impossible. And God said, that's what I specialize in. I specialize in the impossible. So don't confuse the what with the how. I just want to tell you what I want to do. And then I'll eventually show you how I'm going to do it. And it'll blow your mind. And so Mary would have to deal with all of the skepticism of a family, of a community, of a synagogue, an unwed mother. And by the way, she was eventually going to have to go on a long trip on a donkey. Think of that, ladies, okay? Because they were going to take a census. And here's what you need to know in the story. God is orchestrating all of this. None of this has caught him by surprise. And what's going on in your life right now has not caught him by surprise. He wants to orchestrate it to bring you to a place of where he can use you. And so she's going to have to deliver her first child in a barn all by herself. No mom, no midwife, no help, nothing. And she's going to be called to, to rear and raise the son of God. And this is something we can all relate to, right? Inadequacy. Anybody here feel inadequate? I do. I struggle with it all the time. Am I good enough? Can I handle this? God, are you sure you got the right guy for this? I don't know. You see, the number one thing that keeps adults from setting goals late in life is the fear of failure and the fear of rejection. You think Mary was battling the fear of failure? of rejection? I think so. She had to deal with inadequacy. Joseph, her husband-to-be, had a challenge. He was challenged to do what was right, even though he didn't understand everything. 
hey, wait a second, you're telling me that you're pregnant? This is not good. The boys are going to make fun of me. The boys are going to laugh at me. I'm going to have to answer a lot of questions. And he was challenged to do the right thing regardless of the cost. Have you ever been there? Imagine Joseph, you're preparing to get married and she comes to you and she says, hey, I just want you to know that I'm pregnant. Say what? You've been cheating on me? You've been stepping out on me? No, I'm pregnant with God's child. Can we get a doctor, please? We need to get you in counseling. You're going crazy. How are you going to explain this to everybody? You think everybody's just going to believe that it was God? And so he, he, was, he was challenged because can you imagine the ridicule, the shame, the gossip, the criticism that Mary would, Mary would go through and, and he was her husband. So he was supposed to be the one to take the lead and to be in charge. And so that same ridicule, that same criticism and all of that would fall upon him as well. No doubt he had people whispering in his, you're being naive. She's taking you, man. And Joseph was put in a very, very hard and difficult situation. Listen to me. But he chooses to believe God and honor him, even though he didn't understand. You know what that's called? It's called faith. It's called faith. You see, his heavenly father had bigger plans for Joseph than just to be an earthly father. I'm entrusting you with my son to raise him and to teach him and to be there for him. Joseph, I love you. I know you don't understand everything. I know this is a huge challenge. I know that people are going to misinterpret a whole lot of things, but I need you to have character. I need you to do the right thing regardless of the cost. Matthew says this, this is how Jesus was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph, but while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Wow, incredible. Can you imagine what's going through his mind? He goes on and says, Joseph, her fiance, be, being a good and righteous man, decided to break off the engagement quietly so it would not disgrace Mary publicly. See, at first he was saying, hey, you know what? I'm gonna do the fleshly thing. I'm going to protect my image. I don't want to be misunderstood. And you know what? I'm going to be gracious. I'm going to be kind because I'm a man of character. I want to do the right thing. So I'll do this graciously, quietly, and I'll just put her aside. But look at what Matthew continues. But after this, he had considered doing this. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, do not be afraid. Take Mary home as your wife because the child in her is from God's Holy Spirit. Let me ask you a question. What has God spoken to you about and you're still hesitant to say yes to because you're afraid of being misunderstood? Y'all okay? You're, you're, you're still in the holding pattern. And God says, no, I'm, I'm speaking to you. I know people are going to misunderstand you. I know people are going to think you're crazy, but I want you to do this. I want you to step out. See, Joseph, once he heard from God, once there was clarity from God, he said, I'm all in. And some of us here today, we may have challenges this Christmas season, and God is speaking to you. Yeah, invite that cousin. I know he's annoying. 
touch base with your ex. I know you can't stand him, but it'll help the relationship with the kids. You okay? But you don't understand, God. Oh, I understand. I'm asking you to do something that's hard. I'm asking you to do something that a person of character would do. They do the right thing regardless of the cost. You see, God could have brought this child into the world without Joseph, but he chose Joseph because he chooses to work through people just like you and me. And Joseph's plans changed when he understood that God was asking him to do this. And instead of focusing on the problem, he focused on his God. And so many of us here today, we might be focusing on the problem instead of on the way maker, the miracle worker, the one who brings light into the darkness. And you're swallowed up by your problems and by, by all that's going on. And, and what we need to do is we need to turn and we need to look to the way maker. We need to t- look to the, the miracle worker. We need to look to God and say, God, you know what? I'm going to trust you. I know what's going on. I know all of this, but I'm going to trust you. Because today you may feel stuck. I'm sure that Joseph felt stuck and you don't see any way out. But God is saying, I'm going to make a way out. You just need to focus on me. You need to trust me. You need to obey my word. You need to listen to my voice. And so we see Mary, she felt inadequate. We see Joseph, he was was facing a challenge. And some of us here today are facing a huge challenge and we don't know how it's going to work out. And God is saying, do it anyways. Here's the third character in the story, King Herod. And and his issue was control. He was given the the title of king of the Jews by the the Roman Empire. But the Jews considered him to be an imposter. They hated him. They could not, they, they just didn't like him. They despised him in every way. He was insecure. Listen to this. This is how insecure he was. He killed his brother in law. He killed his own mother. He killed his two sons. He killed his wife all because he was afraid that they were a threat to his power, that they were a threat to his kingdom. And he was so afraid that somebody was going to overcome him or overtake him and that one of these people would be used to do that. So he just eliminated them. And so when Herod heard that there was a Messiah, that there was a king that was going to be born, his insecurity went on steroids. I mean, just... So much that what he did is he announced that every child in Bethlehem under the age of two would be slaughtered, would be killed. Why? Because he feared losing control. You ever fear of losing control? What's the answer? Trust. Trust who? The way maker. Look at what scripture has to say. Matthew says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem during the time that Herod was the king of the Jews. Then Some wise men from the east came to Jerusalem and started asking. What did they ask? Where is the child to be born the king of the Jews? Can you just imagine how this would just feed his insecurities? We saw his star in the east and we have come to worship him. Not you, Herod, but we've come to worship him. Uh Uh-oh, allegiance, okay? He goes on to say, when Herod heard this, He was deeply frightened and disturbed, and so was everyone else in Jerusalem. Do you know that when you become a control freak, it not only affects you, but it affects everybody in your house? It affects everybody in the office. It affects everybody at work. And so here's my question for us today. What are you afraid of losing control of? 
Or let me put it to you another way. What is out of control in your life and you're feeling some panic? You're feeling some anxiousness. You're dealing with some anxiety. What is out of control, but you're trying to control it? You say, Dwight, what's the best way to know if I'm trying to control something that I can't control? You worry. You worry. You get anxious. It's a warning light to let you know, hey, you're trying to control something that you can't. And so what can we learn from Herod? It destroys you and it destroys the people around you. Let's look at this last one. The last one is the Magi. And what we learned from the Magi is that they were curious, curiosity. And you know what? Their curiosity made them go and seek out the king known as Jesus. You see, when you think about the two kings in the Christmas story, you think of Herod and you think of Jesus. But what you have to understand is this. Herod was taking lives for his kingdom. Jesus was coming to give his life for the kingdom. Two different kings, two different purposes, two different benefits, so to speak. We, we have an eternal king. His name is Jesus. And he's doing all things for your good and for my good, for your benefit and my benefit. That's why he's worthy of our trust. Most kings ask you to die for them. This king that we're talking about in the Christmas story, he says, no, I will die for you. Look at what Matthew has to say. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, the Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and we have come to what? We have come to worship him. They had come from the east. And no doubt they were wealthy. No doubt they were comfortable. No doubt they had an easy life. But you know what? You can be comfortable. You can have an easy life and still have a longing in your heart and soul, right? Many, many people are doing much better than what they ever thought. And they're saying, I I thought I would feel different at this point in my life. I, I thought I would have a sense of contentment or satisfaction. I'm married, I've got kids, I even have grandkids. And yet there's a longing, you know why? Because our heavenly father created you and I in such a way that only he will satisfy you. And your dissatisfaction should be a sign. It gives you and I data to let us know that there's more to life than just possessions and people and, and, and power and, and popularity. Nothing wrong with those things. They just don't quench the thirst because God has created you and me of where only he will satisfy you and me. And so we see this with the Magi. They got some information. I don't know where they got the information from. You know, maybe they were familiar with the scripture. Maybe other people were familiar with the scripture and shared it with them. They were probably somewhat like you and me, but they got some data. They got some data and they went after the data. They went after the data. You've got data. You're here today. You've got enough information about Jesus that it should cause you to want to pursue him and to be able to find out if he's truly the king of kings. Y'all okay? You say you want more data. Pursue what you already have and you will find out. 
Because here's what scripture says, okay? Matthew goes on to say that they come to the house, okay? Look at what it says. After they had heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen when it rose, went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down. Some translations say that they fell down and they worshiped him. Listen to me, that's what happens when you encounter the living God. When you encounter the living God, there's only one response. Woe is me, and I worship you. I worship you. And listen, if you're curious, maybe you're here today and you're not a Christ follower. I'm telling you, you've got enough data in your life You've got enough things that's going on in your life to let you know that that there's someone greater than you. And the Magi understood that and they pursued him. They pursued him. And when they encountered him, look what happens, okay? It says, then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You know what they did? They, they, They gave themselves to him. Why? Because he was the king. How do you know when you've really encountered the king? You give him your most precious possessions. Patty and I are blessed with four kids. Every time they were born, we came before the church and we said, you know what, God, we give our kid back to you. We give our son back to you. We give our daughter back to you. We are but stewards. And so help us to raise our kids in a way that will honor you. We don't own them. They're a gift from you. You see, what happens is when you encounter the king of kings, what hap- all you can do is worship. And all you can do is, is just say, you know what? Whatever's mine or whatever I thought was mine is yours. Wow. Matthew continues and says this, and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. All of a sudden, these people, okay, who had life very, very good, now are going a different path in life because they encountered the king whose name was Jesus. And so will you. Now, how should your response be? How should my response be? When, when, when we encounter this King Jesus, I want to give you three things as we wrap up. Surrender my life to the King. Surrender. Don't play games. Don't date him. Don't date him. Most of us date Jesus. Most of us have him on our speed dial. And you know what? That's why you're frustrated because you're religious. You haven't been married to Jesus. You haven't surrendered your life to Jesus. And the most frustrating person I know on planet earth is a religious person who tries to control King Jesus. You can't. Look what Mary says. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant and I am willing to accept whatever God wants for my life. Have you ever said that? That's why you're so frustrated. That's why you're, you're turned in knots. That's why you're stressed out. That's why this doesn't make sense. Because you've never said to God, God, I'll accept whatever you want because you're good, you're great, you're generous, you know all things. I only have a small perspective of life. And so you surrender. Listen, God takes full responsibility for the man or the woman who is fully surrendered to him. 
I'll guide you through everything, Mary. I know you're going to be ridiculed. I know you're going to be shamed. I know people are going to misunderstood. But you know what? I'm going to fulfill my purpose in your life. And when I fulfill my purpose in your life, people will want to worship you. And some people do worship Mary. And by the way, she's not a God. She's just like you and me. But what happens is when you fulfill God's calling in your life, people will think more highly of you than what you should, what they should, because you have God's favor. You've got God's blessing. And so you surrender your life to him. Here's the second thing. I fill my life or my mind with truth, okay? I start to surrender and then I fill my mind with God's truth. This is the key to your life, okay? You have to fill your mind with God's truth. Am I willing to accept whatever God has for me? And now I gotta come back and I gotta fill my mind with God's truth because there's gonna be a whole lot of people who aren't on the same page as God is with you. Do you know that? If you get on the same page with God, you'll be on the wrong page with many people. It's just the way it is. We're going to learn about that next week. You don't want to miss next week. And so would you just whisper to God right now, if it's in your heart, God, I'm yours. Do with me whatever you want to do. Because you're listening to somebody's voice. You're either listening to his voice, your voice, or the evil one. And your confidence can't be in yourself. Your confidence has to be in God. Look what Mary said, okay? Mary sings this song. With all my heart, I praise you, Lord. I rejoice in God, my Savior, for he notices me and he cares for me. A simple girl. She was just a peasant girl. But we're talking about her today because she followed God with all of her heart. It has eternal ramifications. Unbelievable. He has blessed me. And he is the mighty one who is holy. He is all powerful. He can do anything. He meets all of our needs and he keeps his promises. Can you believe that? What is she doing? She's renewing her mind because fear wants to keep her from doing that which God has asked her. And she's just filling her mind with truth. This is who you are. You know what? You can, you can be there in that conversation when I tell dad I'm pregnant. You can be in that conversation when I go to my rabbi or to the priest and, and they find out that I'm pregnant and I'm not married yet. You, you're gonna, you're gonna do, you're gonna be with me and you're gonna deal with all of those. And I have confidence in you. Mary is filling her mind with truth. And that's why I encourage you to pick up one of these. See, most of us here today, we don't have enough truth in us. We don't have enough truth in us to walk with confidence. And you got to have that. Let me give you this last one. And it's this, believe and trust in God's promises. Believe and trust in God's promises. Listen, this is what gave Mary and Joseph confidence. Do you know that there's over 7,000 promises in this book? He has a promise for the problem that you're going through right now. He has a problem for the obstacle that you're facing right now. He has a problem for the darkness that you're battling right now. Look at what Elizabeth said to Mary. You need somebody like this in your life, okay, by the way. You are blessed, Mary, because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. Oh, my lands. That's my story. I believe that God's going to do what he said. Oh, it doesn't happen in my timetable. I got things I've been praying for for over a decade. But I believe that God's put it in my heart. And I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know if he'll do it in my lifetime or it'll take eternity. 
but I believe he's going to do it. And I refuse to become discouraged because he's good. He's great. He's going to make a way. He's going to make a way. So who do you need to learn from this morning? Is it Mary, your inadequacy? Is it Joseph? You need to be a person of character, do what's right in spite of the challenge. Is it Herod? You need to give up control. Is it the Magi? You know some data and you need to become more curious. Instead of saying, I don't believe that there's a God, you need to have the, the character and the integrity to say, I'm going to pursue some data and see if it's true. I promise you, listen, I promise you that God wants to use you as a compelling character in his love story in this world to a broken, hurting world. And there's nothing more fulfilling. Can you imagine Joseph and Mary looking back on life saying, I'm so glad, God, I trust you, even though I didn't understand you. He wants that to be said of you and me and all of us. Let's pray. God, we thank you today for who you are. Wow. God, I, I pray that we would have a proper perspective on the characters in the Christmas story, that we would realize that they're not different than us. They're, they're flesh and blood. They had to fight through fears. They had to fight through insecurities. They had to fight through misunderstandings. They had to fight through the ridicule, the criticism and all that. But they believed and trusted your promises. They filled their minds with truth. They surrendered to you and you used them to bring about change in this world. And I pray today that we would learn from them and that we would be like them and that we would bring hope and healing to a broken world that desperately needs King Jesus. And it's in his name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to know more about us, please visit our website at newpoint.org. There you'll find past messages, parent resources, times and locations to all of our physical campuses, or you could just download our app at newpoint.org app. There you can find all those same resources just in a mobile version. We want to say thank you again for joining us and we'll see you next time.